you've got to keep a sense of humor, otherwise you go a mm. bit silly. Drop it. Duncan and both come correct. All right. Well, this is the word. Hello, everyone. Welcome. <laughs> welcome <laughs> to. Yes. Welcome to a very special edition of Duncan and Bo Come Correct, uh, in, in which I, I get I, we didn't really settle on a name for this, did we? Like um, Duncan and Bo and Duran Duran, or Duncan and Bo versus Duran Duran? Are oh, we that confrontational? Uh, oh, I have no idea. I've got. I've, I'm just trying to think of something witty and punny to segue the word to "damn" in there. You know what I mean? Duran de Duran Jerdam. Duran 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 James. That's from good times. Um, Duncan, all right, so uh, whatever we're calling this, basically this is our palate cleanser uh, between seasons of Slasher. Yes. We, we decided, hey, before we, <laughs> before we jump into a season two, let's let's do a little treat yourself. Yeah. And, and actually, uh, like, just goof off for an episode. Not that you mentioned we... slasher there, and I suddenly got Nam like flashbacks. <laughs> ah! I, I listened back for the first time, and I don't know how long I listened back to the episode that Duncan and Bo come correct to that last one because I, I remember having a lot of fun recording it, so uh, I yeah. listened to it back. And we're just silly on that one, like really, 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 really silly. I think we even caveat at the beginning by saying it's going to be a silly one, but I did almost choke on my coffee during work hours. When we we covered the the old uh, stab in the arm, Bellows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've <laughs> laughed about that quite a bit. As a matter of fact, me personally. Yes. Um, oh, was it worth the journey for that? No. <laughs> yeah. So so here's what we're gonna do for this episode: is uh, Dun- uh, Duncan and I, as it happens, are both Duran Duran fans. Who'd have thought? Who 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 knew? <laughs> And so we're going to uh, do a track-by-track review of the first Duran Duran album. We are doing the U.S. release, Duncan. Oh, All right? And, and there's a slight difference between the U.K. and the U.S. release. Do you know what the difference is? Uh, oh, uh, oh, let me guess. Uh, the, the American one comes with fireworks, automatic weapons. Um, do you get a gun when you buy it? Is I that, get that, it, Duncan. <laughs> You get you get given a firearm without a background check when you buy this album. No, don't be stupid. Um, <laughs> you don't have to buy a record to get a gun in this country. You just have don't to be, be born. silly. They <laughs> they give you born. one. Uh, it, it's like they you know they slap you on the butt. You start crying, and then they give, give you a gun. gun. And yep. no, um, the difference is the inclusion of the song. Is there something I should know? Oh, which does really? not exist on the original UK version, but they recorded it in between the UK and the US release. It became the first US hit. And so we are going to go with that release because it's the one I know and mm-hmm. I got to make the rules. Plus, I really wanted to talk about is there something I should do? Because I think in the grand scheme of the Duran Duran first record kind of a banger yep i I will i will go with the historically inaccurate version keeping on my theme of partaking in historically inaccurate things Uh, still watching that vikings program (laughs) (laughs) we're just rewriting history episode by episode i'll tell you speaking of uh other stuff uh we're we're not doing the official what we've been watching duncan but Mm -hmm. uh i have here in my hot little hands uh the arrow one miss call trilogy that i will be breaking open tonight oh you son of a bitch i don't know if you know this but on the podcast under the stairs i've just announced a russian roulette franchise retrospective on said series that you may want to cast your name in i will this is actually the next series for hero hero go show so we are rivals duncan Oh, well, listen, I am just a lowly man who does the occasional funny review. I can't go up against the juggernaut that is the Asian horror cinema behemoth of Hero Hero Ghost Show. Let me tell you a little Hero Hero Ghost Show story real quick. So (laughs) we dropped the uh, tag episode. Yes, you did. um, And which I'm, you know, I'm big fan. Sion Sono's wonderful director. It's a great movie. It's a challenging movie. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I dropped the episode, and I'm a, an admin for an Asian horror movie Facebook group. So I naturally I drop it in there because it seems of interest to those people, right? Oh, look at you! Look at you! See, well, I thought we were just well, I thought we were just boasting about what we own. So there you go. All right. Well, let me see if I can one up your your copy of tag. So within Ooh. the the Facebook group uh, that is uh, Asian horror movie specific, uh, I post. Oh, that's pretty. That's the hip hop musical that Sion Sono did right before Tag. Literally, have never seen it. Uh, it's so... it's it's not great. Um, no. <laughs> I like Sion Sono a lot, but like uh, Shinjuku Swan, he yeah. did that year is not great um tokyo tribe is okay tokyo tribe it's it's a hip-hop musical based on a manga and it feels Uh, like one of those movies that miike does every now and again yeah one of those uh miike needs a new leather jacket and leather trousers to match right like miike can't stop directing or he'll die as we've all been like a shark always swimming can't stop yeah and so in 2015 in particular i think he released five movies that year in 2015 (laughs) So, uh, you know, he caged it. Is that what you're telling me? He always, but that's the thing with these Japanese directors. You've got like yeah. a, a Sono and Amike. They just work all, all the goddamn time. Yeah. And like 30% everything they, of everything they do is genius. Yes. yes. But because it like, like 70% maybe ain't, but because they're making so much stuff, that still means they're making like a masterpiece a year. Yeah, so, yeah, there's still one. There's still one a year. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, but so I, I dropped the notice that you know the tag episode has come out, and within the episode, I point out that all the special effects that were uh, done in the film tag are done by Yoshihiro Nishimura, director mm-hmm. of Tokyo Gore Police and a number of other films. So Duncan, who should drop by? to uh to say hello but yoshihiro nishimura himself dropping a uh, uh through a comment on the post that was like oh yeah when we did this shot we just stacked it was the shot of uh uh mitsuko in the bus after the they've been sheared yeah, you know yeah. and he was like oh yeah we just threw a bunch of blood around in the bus and then lined the corpses up for that shot which was like of course you did there was nothing tricky about that but i i was so fucking excited that yoshihiro nishimura was like oh yeah 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 that shot here's how we did that it's like i i I, of course you did it that way but also you're yoshihiro nishimura and literally uh, did not think i was going that way what i thought you were going to say was when he left you a comment i thought you were going to say that you'd uh mr tajimura up from twin peaks don the old uh Done the old um, the old outfit, rocked out the old uh, Piper Lorry fake Asian accent, and left yourself a, your own little comment. No, no, no. I'm no. very glad that you didn't do no. that because uh, you know this is 2021 and we frowned upon that. But no, it, it did seems like genuinely nice guy, and there's no greater, I think, appreciation of the work you do as a podcaster when the people that are involved with the project either listen to said thing mm-hmm. or comment on said thing even if it's a like um it's pretty cool so it, you. right it, it was such a tr- and you're right it, it's one of those things where like it's somebody that you you kind of admire you know you bump up against and and i'm a genuinely a fan of him like you said he just seems like a nice guy yeah he's yeah. crazy but uh you know in all the right be, ways be, and yeah you kind of have to be to be that level of artist though you kind of exactly. have, have a little screwless so here's my secret hope duncan is that uh yoshihiro nishimura saw this and then sent it to Sion sono <laughs> because he was like hey they talked about your movie is kind of what i'm hoping mm-hmm. which means that my voice could be in Sion sono's head you're aware he's going to have a movie with a character that sounds like you. I know. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do to him, but if I was you, I'd be worried. Um, but... I can't wait. It, right, like it's going to be the, the, the trilogy. It'll be like Suicide Club, Noriko's Dinner Table, and then... I, here's the other joke that I had with one Richard Clinch bit is that uh, I hope that I get to be close enough friends with Yoshihiro Nishimura that I can be in the next Tomie movie. <laughs> Because he directed the last one, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, what was so, that? Was that like number forty-seven or something? How many of those are there now? Eight ish. Oh Jesus Christ! Tomie Unlimited, one one of the more Junji Ito-ish mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tomie films, quite frankly. Uh, but also because it's Nishimura, it's fucking crazy, yeah, and yeah. bloody and weird, and they're Tomie centipedes and all kinds of stuff. Um, so, but then it, we could rename it Bomie. You're aware I'm going to boo you right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's here's what we're going to do, folks, for today's show. Enough, enough silliness. Let's get to the real Eat shit. We're listening to the first Duran Duran album, and there's a whole lot of filler on this. <laughs> it, all right, we'll get to it. But So here's, look, because of copyrights and all that stuff, the way we're going to do it is we're gonna we're gonna start the song. We're gonna Duncan and I are gonna listen to it in real time, really? and then and then come back and and render judgment. And all of the filler will be edited out of us listening to the song, unless you happen to be a Patreon member on LegionPodcast.com, because we don't have to live by the same copyright rules. So you can get the raw shit, the uncut, unstomped on us listening to the song in real time if you want on on the patreon uh but you don't have to there's uh, we're not going to be doing well i don't know i don't know how much talk we're gonna be doing. if it's uncut and you're not editing you're going to hear my wild opinions on the scots oh my god you know what i see every every episode you have to cut out a massive racial rant it's, against my fellow countrymen yeah so. don't like that scots he says <laughs> And I'm like, why? Why are you so angry? And why do you? Why is your accent so bad? Yeah. Well, why, why is my accent so bad? Then how do you understand it right now? Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Enough shit. So uh, let us begin. And, and Duncan, we'll count down on uh, to kind of sync up uh, on yes. on our side of things. So uh, beginning with track number one of the album Duran Duran, released in the United States in 1983, although 1981 is when it hit the UK. Uh, let us begin with Girls on Film, starting in three, two, one, go. Ah, and the classic fade out. All right. It's uh, good. Let's... It's good. Okay, so there we go. That is That is track one of uh duran duran girls on film uh one of the bigger duran duran hits everybody kind of loves girls on film uh to to repeat the larger points that we we made as we listened to the song uh the the chorus duncan uh described as a basic bitch of a chorus it is. It is like the what you get with girls in film is a lot of really clever techniques musically. Um, so you've got really funky bass. You've got some almost kind of minimalist guitar work, which is really really cool. Um, you've got Simon Le Bon being really playful with the way he sings at times on the beat and staccato. It's it's really energetic. It's bouncy. Then you come to a chorus and it's just like girls in film. Girls on film. Right. You know what I mean? Everything just is, is the it's it's usually what bands would do the other way. So generally what you would have is you would have a verse which is kinda it's like kinda and then when the chorus kicks in it gets really busy and vibrant and bouncy. The the thing is it's it's the same it's the same words sung over and over again. So as a result, once you've finished listening to it, what do you remember from that song? Girls on film, simple melody, simple lyrics, Bob's your uncle, um, Jean Durant. Uh, and yeah, that's you. Yeah. All right. So a couple of, of fun notes about this. Um, yes. Maybe best known for the video, mm-hmm. which was originally, the the video was made before MTV existed. Mm-hmm. And it was made to show in clubs. And so they did this whole video featuring all these models on a catwalk that also featured like some BDSM shit and like it got kind of risque and then they had to recut it for MTV when MTV launched, but it was still extremely trashy. (laughs) So, so it became a big MTV hit. It was one of the first MTV hits. 
this is the, the, the irony is now if you switch on MTV, I'm fairly sure you can see a butthole being fingered. So, I mean, like, at this at this stage now... Is that a reality know, show? Uh, pr- the, most the, likely, real that's, that's, the, the real ass? The real ass of OC. Um, uh, is this is like a story of seven bungles that stopped getting wiped, started getting real. <laughs> I'm sorry, you were saying... Literally, but that's, that's the, like it's it's so strange that like like MTV is now the purveyor of trash mm-hmm. um, and not music. And back then, having an, an element which a lot of people may seem as being risky, but in terms of what the British music scene was doing in pop circles, that's people were dressing in lycra, people were dressing in spandex, people were wearing makeup, um, men and women, and you know clubs had that that side of being you know part discotheque, part fetish. Um, so all they were doing is bringing that. All they were doing was bringing what they were experiencing in the club environment to a video, and I love the side of MTV going, "No, <laughs> it's like, right? No, like that." It's it's. It, I mean, it's a clever. Once again, it's clever. It's talking point, and you are right. This movie, uh, this um, not movie, this uh, music video, essentially is the thing that catapults them to like international success because. Like people, like MTV at the right time. You can argue a lot of a lot of the the kind of bands from this time period. Their success is predicated on MTV. Like them. Like I don't know how big Duran Duran would be in a country like America without an MTV behind them pushing out those videos and whatnot. Because it was a very uniquely British sound. This is kind of the the, the birthday, almost the new romantics and Duran Duran are at the start of it. Um, and that was a very yeah. British thing. You know what I mean? That, that wasn't isn't how the Americans were doing pop songs. You know what I mean? That's how the British were doing pop, pop songs. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's a, it's a great song. I, I am 100% with you. It, it has a flat chorus, but it's got a memorable chorus. It's memorable yeah. and flat. And, but every verse is great. Yes. And and it's it, worth noting that the song is sort of Simon Le Bon writing about, and all of these songs are written by Duran Duran. Um, mm. And this is about the fact that, as it happened, Duran Duran dated a lot of fucking models. And Did you see them back then? I mean, they're beautiful men. Yes. I mean, I like if I were a model, I would date them. Yes, and, I was. I, I, if I was around at that time, I would have got breast implants and posed as a model to date them. Right. <laughs> I would Simon Le Bon. I would have made a Bon line for. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a good looking guy back in the day. I was thinking about that earlier today. That like at the time of a view to a kill, oh, say, God. was kind of the height of Duran Duran mm-hmm. when they ruled the world, and uh, it you know that's forty years ago now. And I just haven't seen Duran Duran in a while. Yep. And and I, I know they're out touring and making music, and God bless them. I, I'm glad they are, and, and I have nothing but affection for them. But I'm like, I kind of don't want to see old Simon Le Bon. The, the, weird, the weird thing about it is, he, for his age, he's wearing surprisingly well for yeah. someone that hasn't had plastic surgery. Like, really? Yeah. I, see, that's what I was afraid of, is he would mess it all up with the... the the jobs no 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 he's, he, he didn't go that way he didn't he didn't do the old uh was it pete pete Tim? that's not pete Townsend. it's pete Townsend from dead or alive um you know you spin me right yeah, yeah, yeah. you see that guy's face is this pete like townsend like the guy from the who well it's pete pete something i don't know we'll fact check it in the next song all right pete um, but whoever that did is, he, I, I think he's dead now, actually. He may have died in a plastic surgery accident. And that's not even a joke. His face was, it made Mickey Rock's facial reconstruction look good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a mess. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Eh. All right. Well, speaking of new romantics, Duncan. Speaking of a shame. No, this next song's great. So. Let, yeah, let's get to the, the the second track, which is Planet Earth, actually mentions the new romantics in the lyrics. Mm. Uh, uh, and Satan. Yeah. So let us begin Planet Earth on the count of three, three, two, one, play. Yeah. We're they, getting a synth right from the start. They're like, you know what? You got a taste on the last one. Here we go. Once again, Disco Beats. (laughs) 
who um, saw Queen play what would be the equivalent of a small town hall in Scotland before they were big. <laughs> that was his claim of fame. Said within two years they were selling at Wembley. <laughs> of course they were. Um, speaking of Highlander. No. Here we are. I am immortal. Um, <laughs> you are. <laughs> sorry. I, I, I'm not really, just for the record. Lies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you lie, sir. Okay, so Planet Earth, second track on the album. Mm. Uh, it, it, as we were saying uh, during the song, uh, a real, like, a, 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 an up and atom kind of song, like our go-getter. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've been dragged on the you've been dragged on the dance floor if you weren't inclined on the first song. This one is get up dance. We were mentioned specifically the drums are it's like constant motion. It's keeping yeah, it's you going, bum, 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 and bum, then bum, that bass line, which is just the tits, man. And it, when it when you hit the so, the bass solo and then it takes off, mm-hmm. it just starts soaring, and you're like, oh shit, things yeah. got real, y'all. Um, yeah, Simon Le Bon. This time you get a chorus, which like, great chorus. Yeah, because he's he's holding a note out of the verse, and then he raises it up into the chorus, which gets uplifting. Um, it's it's a good use of that. And the key factor different from the previous song. Uh, the verse this time predominantly um, driven by the synths. So the synths mm-hmm. are actually playing the melody, which Simon Le Bon is uh, kind of carrying through as well, which completely different to the previous song, which had no synths in the verse. Like ain't no Smith, ain't no sense in my verse. <laughs> so this uh, the the video for this song was directed by Russell Mulcahy, mm-hmm. of course, of Highlander fame. Yes, and he would go on to direct all of the big videos like Wild Boys and Union of the Snake and all that stuff. And so this is kind of where his association with Duran Duran started. And when at at some point we will talk about Seven and the Ragged Tiger. <laughs> and there is no question we will talk about the videos in, in probably more detail. But yeah, th- this is that kind of like, hey, it's Russell Mulcahy showing uh, our boys <laughs> out on an adventure mm-hmm. and then just cutting with song or cut uh, uh, images of them in concert. And that's mm-hmm. totally the formula for every Duran Duran video moving forward. Which yeah, is that's all you need. That's all you need. That's like look at look at them. Look how pretty they are on Safari. Uh huh. Um, look how pretty they are on the Nile. Look how pretty they are skyscrape diving. You know, like all this sort of stuff. And like, and then they're on stage. Look how everyone loves them. Mm-hmm. That's that's all you need. That is all you need. All this nonsense we get nowadays, where you know, like cars that move on hydraulics and you know, gang stuff. Like, we don't need that. Just have them out on an archaeological dig uh, for no reason at all, hunting for treasure that no one explains, that they never find, and them playing on stage. And that's a music video ball. That's what, how you do it. Why aren't more lead singers just strapped to windmills where they are <laughs> dipped into water occasionally? That's what I want to know. It's a, it's, a, it's a question I don't think we will find an answer to in our lifetime. And you're a mortal boy, so you're here forever. So, uh. I, Where did you hear that? Um, <laughs> so, so track number three, Duncan, Yes, uh, is a little ditty called Anyone Out There. Mm-hmm. And even before we get into it, I'm going to say uh, another banger for the bass. So, Yeah, they've got, it helps when your bass player is kind of awesome it really really does and he really is a lot of the new romantic bands don't have funk bass mm-hmm. um which is is an interest like out with like a predominant once again i mentioned mentioned them during the video um like level 42 is maybe the key example of that but that's because mark king is a funk bass player a lot of those bands tend to be a bit beige with it the bass but duran duran it's always front and center um, and that's a smart move. That's like a very, very, very smart move. It's where most of the hooks in the music come from. So, um, yeah, anyone out there is a change of pace, ladies and gents. Yep. And uh, I, I will spoil this ahead of time. As you're listening to this song, folks, pay special attention to the bass line at the end because it is a very direct reference to Ashes to Ashes by David Bowie. Mm-hmm. All right, so here we go on the count of three. Anyone out there? Track number three on Duran Duran. Uh, three, two, one, and play. 
Ash and Ashes, great song. Also, uh, not uh, anyone out there. Um, so that anyone out there uh, is, it's it, like it. It ain't a song that's gonna grab you by the collar no. and and wake you up. But I really like anyone out there. It's a, it's a weirdly enough for a pop song. It's a musician's pop song. So like the in, the instrument playing is a l- a little bit more interesting on it. That doesn't necessarily lend to the most memorable. So Simon Le Bon is the least memorable person on that track. You know what I mean? He's essentially there just adding some melody over. Most of it's just copying kind of what the synth's doing, which is once again not all that interesting. It's the guitar work, the bass work, and the drum work um, on the, the track that are really the interesting element. Um, so if you're a musician in a band, um, from that point of view, that's where your attention is going to be drawn. And it doesn't always necessarily, I think you made a really good point earlier on. I think when we see pop bands nowadays, people just think, you know, it's just people singing. And that's what boy bands are now. But boy bands in the 80s wrote all their own music, recorded all their own music, and played all their own instruments. So they were bands, essentially, but the they had the, the the appeal of being able to play popular music in a fashion that, that brought over. So it's, it's very much a, it's a different, when we mentioned pop from this time period, it's a completely different entity from what pop would be like in the 90s, essentially, because the 90s is the backlash. Boy bands are no longer playing their instruments, so music's been written by them by producers, and they're out there, you know, just singing. But this is the kind of last bastion, the kind of hangover between the eighties, but the seventies bands, which were like proper bands, um, and the you know the nineties, which are mostly just singing against backing tracks. Um, so you, you're still getting, and that's why I love the eighties. I know a lot of people will take pot shots at it, um, for a lot of the music out because some of it is utter rubbish, but. Um, like the the musicianship is always of a really 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 good level. Like all the experimentation with synths, this like the layers. Like you don't have to listen to like a band like Tears for Fears, for example, um, and uh, sowing the seeds of love. That album uh, took five years. I think it's five years to record, and the it was mostly because the main guy um, made it take five years. It was at the time the most expensive album ever written, and it was him in a room with a synthesizer. And it was still one of the most expensive albums ever written. He had like a million synths. Duran Duran only have one on this song. Um, I like so. that record a lot, but the line, uh, if you, what is it? If you want to read, then there are books to read, or check out a book, there are books to read. It, it, it's in the title song. Mm-hmm. The whole, It's a great song, but that line is fucking stupid. It's and, lazy. Yeah. And, and somebody should have, like grab I, I can't even think of the lead singer's name but he was uh, he was crazy by then he lo- lost his mind making that album <laughs> and I think yeah that's, it that's was like a brian uh, uh gee what's his name uh from uh the beach boys brian wilson it was that yeah. kind of thing where like he just went into a room and started creating and got lost in his own head yeah and and, and like there's good like songs from the big chair is fucking great yes and oh, yes uh but then sowing the seeds of love is like super interesting and there's great stuff on it and there's great stuff about a lot of that music but yeah it went hard up its own ass um <laughs> that's what there's a certain level though where unchecked i've always said like a lot of people like well music producers aren't they just like they get paid a lot of money and they're just sitting there making that lot like music producers are essentially composers like and like it's an art. Like bands come in with flabby written songs. Um, it's the equivalent of an editor in in movie terms. What you need is a good editor to edit your movie because if you don't, there are sh- like scenes that go on too long, shots that don't go anywhere. Um, they lose the interest. It's the same. Like a good producer will sit with a band and say. No, the chorus needs to come in again towards the end. We need to tighten up this section. The the greatest example I was always come back to is Rick Rubin. Uh, who is a fascinating man, but there's a, a great documentary called, I think it's called The Funky Monks, which is Rick Rubin sitting with the Red Hot Chili Peppers making Blood Sex Sugar Magic. And it's the song, Give It Away. And you know, it's that bass like, you hear what Flea plays originally, and it is fuck. It's like and Rick's like that. No, 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 no. 
strip it back and flee, who's an incredible bass player. His instinct is just to make it as funky and all the rest. And Rick Rubin's going, no, no, like, strip that out. Come in, we'll get some metal later on. You can play a little accents on the ends of the, the bars, but just strip it all out. And then you listen to the final thing. Rick Rubin's right. <laughs> like, if that bass is too busy, half the song doesn't work. So it's, it's, that's what producers, that's what good record producers are there to do. They're there to help you craft the song with an ear for what will work. Because they hear the whole picture, the band hears, well, this bass line's really cool and I really like it. But they don't hear the whole song, if you know what I mean. They're yeah. too stuck in their instrument. So. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. Not this next song, but the song after. Mm-hmm. We are going to talk about the producer for Duran Duran. Oh, yes. All right. So the the next thing we've got coming up, though. But anyone out there, great song. Again, not, not the one that you're going to remember from this record necessarily. Terrific song, though. Really good. Um, the next one up is a song called Careless Memories. No, not the Wham song. That's Careless Whispers. <laughs> uh, Careless Memories. <laughs> one instrument I wish I'd learned to play as a kid, it was the instrument that always fascinated me. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of the Lost Boys. What's up with that, Bob? Is it just because of every porn ever? Well, no, I, like my my favorite, like the, here they were going, we're going deep, deep cut here. Uh-huh. Um, like my favorite sending instrument of all the instruments that exist is a clarinet. I okay. love the sound of a clarinet. Um, and if you can play a clarinet, you can play a saxophone because they both are essentially they're both reed based instruments. Oh yeah, and they've, it, you're playing exactly, the neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, it's exactly it's the exact same. Like in terms of how the notes are played and all that, the the, the intonation and all the rest is exactly the same. So. Oh, yeah, I was like that. If I ever learned the clarinet, I would obviously transition to the sax because it's sexy. Yeah, and honestly, clarinet that... is for getting married. <laughs> Saxophone is for getting down and dirty, boy. Yeah, obviously, this is neither the place nor the time to talk about <laughs> Wham, but "Careless Whispers" is one of those songs that's just up there with like this is one of the great pop songs of all time. It's also it's also almost a song that when we talk about the dbcc mantra of you should be fucking careless whisper should be playing in the background right yeah <laughs> i mean guilty feet have got no rhythm duncan <laughs> but they can fuck <laughs> uh, oh, time can never mend uh, anyway in a minute here, right? like, all right no 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 let's all right so let's get to careless memories which by the way is again slight spoilers my sleeper for the record Ooh. is careless memories this song is way better than i ever gave it credit for before but after listening to the record intensely and and like purposefully uh a, a few times recently mm-hmm. careless memories is is my my sleeper favorite um so uh, let's begin careless memories on the count of three (laughs) i always do this differently every time so sorry everybody (laughs) three two one play yeah oh somebody's at the door duncan guitar lick yeah it's bitching it's kind of the rocker of the album yeah it's definitely more rock. Yeah. So, uh, careless memories. I, like, there's not a ton, you know, historically to say about this song. Like, it's not particularly unique in the Duran Duran catalog or even on this mm-hmm. record or anything. It just kind of does the job of rocking. <laughs> it's like, hey, I, you know, the rest of this album's been real poppy and, you know, kind of happy and, you know. Uh, got some good hooks and that kind of thing. And careless memories comes along. It's just like careless memories. And you're like, God damn it! All right. He's <laughs> a wee bit. The thing about him is he is like, like you were right. You were like that. He sounds pretty angry. And then he's he's like coming from my eyes. Yeah, I'm screaming from my I'm screaming from my eyes, Duncan. <laughs> I scream from my eyes, from my eyes, Bo. <laughs> But it like it's got great guitar, it's got a great drum beat. Uh, the bass, yeah. of course, is great, and it's Simon Le Bon like getting pissed, and you don't get that a lot. Like even you, we gotta wait till the next record, Duncan, before he's good and angry again when he gets mad about people being wild boys. 
Well, I mean, come on. Come on, Bo. Wild boys. Wild boys. Wild boys. boys. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll fucking get there. Don't you worry, ladies and gentlemen. I think, you know what, ladies and gents, I think we're going to get there. Um, So... Uh, but <laughs> any, any thoughts on on careless memory? I, like I, this is like I said, this is the one of the the sleepers on the record as far as just being a terrific song for me. I mean, what I like about it specifically is, I mean, it's just a much more experimental sounding track. I think it, you're right. Even the guitar sounds a bit harsher. The guitar's using some weird effects. Uh, the synth is just going crazy. Uh, <laughs> It's just having some old fun. It's like we've got five buttons now. Watch us play them. And even at the even at the end, like even at the end, everything's just getting a moment. Kind of that way where if you go and see a rock band, and at the end, the drummer's like oh, drum fill, and the guitar's just playing. Everyone's just going a bit crazy, and then it all comes into the end. It's kind of like that towards the end. It's like the the new romantic pop version. <laughs> of a, a kind of band filled towards the end. But all works. Tone for the vocalist is mid-range, not high-range. Um, but I think it allows him a bit more expression in what he's singing. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a really interesting song. And we're, we're, you know, we're getting into the album now, so we need to mix things up. So this is us taking us in a different direction. Don't worry, there's plenty of those Duran Duran pop hits coming back. But at the moment, we're just... We're feeling out the crowd. We're feeling out the crowd, bro. That's what we're doing here. Yeah, yeah. Anybody here like to rock? Oh, oh, it seems a couple of people in the crowd like to rock a little bit, Duncan. It's um, the thing as well, like back then, you've got to remember, it's like music isn't it isn't the way it is now where you're like, oh, I like hip-hop, so I listen to hip-hop. Yeah. Like back then, the, the lines between punk and pop and, you know, experimental kind of beginnings of kind of synth synth music and all that all these lines are are very tenuous and all recording artists dabble bowie's a great example bowie goes from like on almost in every album it's a different version of bowie it's still david bowie but on this album there's look we've got synths next album they might not be there and then it's a lot more rocky with guitars then the album after that hello mr funky at the front door again you know it's like we, we go all over the place so those those lines are a bit, and people followed bands like through that kind of like they followed bands through their pop phrase, they followed them through their avant garde phase, like you were just in. So, you would have a really good mix of people that would go and see bands. So, having a song which is a bit more rocky, um, you're not losing people, like, no one's going to get a drink during that song. That's a you know, you've, you've got them in, they're there to see you, it picks up the energy. Yeah, that's what it says in the tin, both that's what it says in the tin. Speaking of picking up the energy, let's move to the next song on the record, the one included in the U.S. release. Oh, right. Well, you need to give me a second until I find this because it's not on my British release book. Uh-huh. Uh, See? Yeah. Uh, they they uh, fucked you guys. They fucked you in Britain. <laughs> you got the album two years late, and all they gave you was a song. Yeah, so. right, 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 right. But that's how they fuck you, Duncan. <laughs> they fuck you, they fuck you, they fuck you. They fuck um, you at the record store. <laughs> right, go and give me the exact wording of this song again. So Is there something I should know? Is there, yeah, I'm just, I've got something I should know, and that's why it's not uh, something... I. This is riveting for the listeners, but this is because you went with the nasty American version. <sighs> Hey, look, this is uh, this is what you get in between slasher seasons. <laughs> this is what you get, you filthy Scottish bastard. Uh-huh. Uh, right, I am ready to go. All right, on the count of, of three, three, two, one, make song go now. Please, please oh, God damn, this song is good. <laughs> That's a spicy meatball. Oh, that's a spicy meatball. Uh, <laughs> all right. So that's of obviously, is there something I should do? Uh, this is more like the video was Russell McKay again. Um, but as, as we talked about during the song, mm. um, there's it, it's got a richer guitar sound. It, it feels it, this feels like when you think of a Duran Duran song, is there something I should know? Feels like modern Duran Duran or, or it feels modern like money. 
it feels like money. You listen yeah. to it, it sims like it sims rich. It sims full. It's got every essence of it is designed to be a pop song. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's just really, really, really well written. They're not compromising anything. It's just that there's no gap. There's no space. There's no bit where it's only like drums and, you know, like a, a minimalist guitar and some bass. Now we've got synths backing up the full thing, the guitar's playing the melody. Just the whole song is constructed just better. Uh, <laughs> like their songwriting is just it's just better there. Um, and as a result, and it is, it's a great transitional song because really after the 81 debut, they, they will sound like an international band. Yeah. Just now they still sound like a British band. They're about to become like universally um the biggest band in the world uh, one yeah, of, yeah. yeah um so phil uh the, the producer's name for this song is phil thornally mm-hmm. and he had just worked before this with the cure <laughs> and uh and i can't remember it wasn't fascination street it was uh before that i can't remember what the record was but anyway so he had worked with the cure heard the the uk release for duran duran the 81 mm-hmm. release and was like these guys are really good but you know what would make them better me and so <laughs> and so he not only produced is there something i should know he produced every track on seven and the ragged tiger yeah which, when you hear, is there something I should know? You're like, why isn't this song on Seven and the Ragged Tiger? <laughs> um, and it's be- and it's because Phil Thornalley just like as they were uh, making their their U.S. release, he was like, um, "Hey, that song that you got, let me uh, let me put a little English on it." And the rest, as they say, is history. But mm-hmm. is there something I should know? Like as far as the American release goes, it's. I mean, it's the banger. It is the best song on the record by far. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's one of the best Duran Duran songs. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. Yeah. You're not, you're, everything you're saying is on the money. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the, almost the quintessential Duran Duran song. It has almost every element you'll hear in every song by them after that point. Absolutely. So, speaking of songs after that... Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get back to raw ass Duran Duran <laughs> and uh, a song. Back in time now, Bo. Yeah, let's let's go back a couple of years to the night boot. Yep. Uh, and let us begin that on the count of three. Three, two, one, night boot. The night boot. Soon we'll, we'll be, be making, making another run. <laughs> I'll tell you and what, if I saw Duran Duran live, as soon as they started the night boat, like, I'm going to my car and getting out early. Yeah. <laughs> they would never close with this song. <laughs> it's their encore. Can you imagine? The, the imagine, s- imagine, like, screaming on them to come back on stage for, like, 15 minutes, and they finally come out, and they're like, we love you, Tennessee. Yeah. And this song's for you. This one is called... The night boat. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they like, you come undone for the first encore. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. All right, all right. One more. One more for Tennessee. Yeah. Night boat. Well, yeah, the thing is, as well, they're, being, they're being particularly bitchy that night. Beauty Kill hasn't been played, and everyone thinks that's what they're getting. And you get night boat instead. They, they give you the one, two of night boat and Tel Aviv. We'll get there. <laughs> um, so the night boat is uh fun it's quirky it's got personality absolutely it it is a song simon lebon wrote when he was waiting for a bus at night and it was just kind of a creepy environment and he wrote this song about the experience and the song itself reflects that kind of you know kind of the eerie mood of it all and that kind of thing but as i was saying in the video uh you know could could this have been left off the record? Sure, sure, but you got to put something on there. And it's interesting to hear him play with other musical forms and stuff like that. Like you said, it, it, it is an age when you could just fuck around for a song or two on a record. And I like that. I'm glad that this song exists, don't get me wrong, but it's just not. Like, this isn't what you're going to come away from being like, man, have you guys heard Nightboat? <laughs> I mean, I know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's something I should know, it was pretty good. Yeah. But 
Have you heard Nightboat? I mean, it's really? The, it's, the, it's the alien did from uh, the aliens did from History Channel. Nightboat. <laughs> oh, yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, it's like if somebody told you that like uh, their favorite Stone song was Far Away Eyes. Yeah, you know, like, where you're like, what? There are like, but there are weird people out there that just don't get bands. Like they think they get the band, like that you really like, and then they mention a song, and you're like, that is like universally recognized as the worst fucking song they ever did. Get out of my sight! <laughs> like, like, you know, what I mean? when you hear them like see just silly shit, right? Like, you know, this this was their best one. You're like, no, no. Look, no. Hey Jude is good, but have you heard? Why don't we do it in the road? <laughs> Oh man, we must find <laughs> these people and stop them from listening to music, or just uh, make it more of them. You know, like let's yeah. just let's engage in a uh, voluntary castration program <laughs> for people who think Nightboat is the best song off. You of play the song Grand for Ring. them if you see their head bopping, you, the balls come a lopping. Um, so <laughs> right, the proper reaction to the Nightboat is, I should watch Beetlejuice. Is it like the the, the proper the, the proper description for the song Nightboat should be? Well, that was interesting. Like, all right. So, but I wanted to mention the video. I, I mentioned it before, but I didn't want to spoil this because I, I want yep. to see your reaction. The video for this again, it's a Russell Mul- Mulcahy joint, and it's kind of him doing a riff on Fulci Zombie, where it's like <laughs> zombies in on a Caribbean island thing. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Eighty one as well. So yeah, you're you're talking. You're literally talking two years removed. Yeah. And it's How did totally- he see though it was a video nasty bow. <gasps> I don't know, but apparently he No, well, he but got like, his hands I don't think it. it was officially banned at that point. I think it was it was doing the underground circuit, if you know what I mean. Um no more. <laughs> it was doing the night it was doing the night boat, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do know what you mean. So I when I went to camp, I got night boated. <laughs> the next song on the record is uh sound of thunder hello darkness my old friend not stephen no that's <laughs> i've come to talk to thunder again uh let us listen to sound of thunder and i will have information about that in a moment uh on the count of three three two one thunder me yep Some players getting all his way now. It's like every single fucking song now. Like on the back nine of this, it is all. Goodness. Sound of Thunder. I woke last night, Duncan, to the Sound of Thunder. Is that Duran Duran? I sat and wondered. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll use I'll use a Bob Seger line. I ain't afraid of it. You motherfucker. <laughs> you don't like the Seags? You saying something about the Seeks? <laughs> Come at me, bro. Yeah. Uh... yeah. Yeah. Fire Lake's a great goddamn song. Anyway, <laughs> Sound of Thunder, on the other hand. So here's what this song is about. Because uh, we didn't, uh, we were kind of jibber jawing and didn't really talk about the lyrics too much. But we, we were doing kind of what the synth player was doing, which is just going all over the top. Just free balling, baby. Just letting it <laughs> hang out. Free, free balling. <laughs> I'm gonna drop trowel <laughs> there on Mulholland. <laughs> I'm gonna show my cock to this guy. Gonna free ball. It's all right. Enough of that. Free balling. Anyway, right. <laughs> and I'm free. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so the Sound of Thunder is actually a reference to the story Sound of Thunder. Mm. And it's about a guy, there's a line in the song about stepping off the path and touching the wrong thing. And the whole, the Sound of Thunder in, in the song is, it's a guy waiting for the missiles to hit because he yeah. has accidentally started World War Three because of the thing he did because of the Sound of Thunder thing. Yes. So, that's what the song's about, Duncan. 
It comes through. Um, it comes through loud. <laughs> With the it's synth. Like, it's all in the synth. It, the, the, pro- the problem is, like, it, there's just a bit too much of it. Like I said to Bo during the video, that's that's my back. Like, I'm a synth player. Like, I, I fronted a band um, where I did, like, I sang. Uh, but my, my main intro, I always consider myself a keyboard player, a synth player. Um, so that's my main thing. And any any chance to get a synth in a, a song, I'm there. But it's a, it's a very delicate instrument that needs to be used wisely. Otherwise, it can overpower everything else everyone's doing, which is kind of what happens here. You can hear what the bass is doing, but while you're listening to that really cool funky bass, you've got... You're like, what the fuck is going on? He's just... And there's too many effects. And under like from a expressionistic point of view that I'm assuming that's supposed to indicate panic and the bombs coming and all the rest, but it's just, that's not the instrument that should be doing that. That's what the electric guitar should be doing. Um, and the electric guitar isn't doing much on that track. So it feels like, I mean, once again, it's them showing what they can do. Right. And it's definitely dicking around this. Like, yeah. Again, this is the back nine of their first record. Yeah. where they're they're just kind of playing around and being experimental and also worth pointing out like no they don't have their fancy pants producer that they're going to have on the next record mm-hmm. and also it's the first collaboration between Simon Lebon and and the other members of Duran Duran who yeah. existed as a band before and it's really you can kind of hear them feeling each other out a little bit mm-hmm. you know and and so a lot of the you know for as much as we filleted the front end of this record, something like Sound of Thunder is interesting in the catalog. I don't know that I'm a big fan. Feels like a real passion piece, boy. I don't know about you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's something that uh, critics called interesting. Um, speaking of, of, of interesting, Duncan, mm-hmm. let's turn our attention to uh one the penultimate song of the first record uh a song entitled friends of mine mm-hmm. ah duncan you know it's good to listen to friends of mine with friends of mine Aww. Aww. all right three two one friend it up so no one told you life was gonna be that way So, oh, uh, that is our penultimate track, Friends mm-hmm. of Mine, uh, on Duran Duran. Uh, as we were saying during the course of the song, which was uh, about 27 minutes long. Um, it's, is it the longest one on the album? Uh, no, Tel Aviv. The, the last one. Oh, it is the longest. I'm sorry. It's Tel Aviv. the longest song on the album, yeah. yeah. Um, Tel Aviv just is deceptively long. <laughs> yeah, Tel Aviv is something that we're going to have fun talking during. We're, we're, we're going to have to listen to as well. Uh, um, so. <laughs> yeah, but we're we're coming to it. But uh, friends of mine, like it, it's got that <laughs> that shitty synth open. We are like, all right, how how long are you going to hold this note? Yep, three minutes. <laughs> yeah, <What>? hold. <laughs> There's also like once again having been in bands and stuff. There's nothing worse than someone does something at the start of a song and then they go a bit long and then the band gets you get a bit panicky as if you missed your cue. Right. And then everyone turns around to face the guy who's like kind of like, oh hi, that's right, I'm starting the song. All right, sorry. Right, I'm, I'm oddies now. And it's like you you forget your cue really easy, and that's what it kind of feels like there. Um, so much so that once. I think we said it both there, like once it gets through its like second chorus, yeah, and starts like really feeling itself, like that's when the track becomes really interesting. Mm-hmm. But the first two verses and choruses are like, yeah, a bit rough. It's a little rough. dodgy, but the the hook in the chorus is good. Yep. It it gets a little more freewheeling, especially with that bass and guitar mm-hmm. as the song goes. And by the yep. back end of the song, I'm totally on board with friends of mine. Oh, yeah. Guitars doing guitars having a little solo fun. Bass players having a ball, drums are like electrified and sounding great. Even the synth player is now just playing chords to yeah. accentuate the melody, which is fine. Um, and even the, the chorus is, is is a fun chorus. It's not the most memorable chorus by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a fun sounding chorus. Yeah. So yes, yeah, a track that has more. It is. <laughs> it is the mullet 
of Duran Duran songs in that at the beginning of the song it was all business and by the end it was party in the back <laughs> yeah that's perfect yeah um it was all business up front um yep. yeah it, it it's a good track uh and and much like as spending time with friends of mine when i first get there i'm like i don't know this was such a good idea <laughs> and then by the end i'm having fun yeah a couple of beers and then you, you yeah these guys are okay but when you first meet them it's like this uh this is why i've not seen these guys in a couple of years yeah what's going on with this georgie motherfucker again <laughs> he's okay he's okay okay good he's okay <laughs> All right, Duncan, let's bring it home mm -hmm. of this surprisingly long episode um, with uh, the final track, Tel Aviv. Uh, let's begin <laughs> on the count of three. Three, two, one, instrumental. So speaking of going and fucking ourselves, that is yeah. uh, Tel Aviv. Yes. The final track on Duran Duran. Um, for those of you who did not hear the discussion going on during the five plus minutes of that instrumental, um, it's best subbed up by saying, yeah, uh, it feels right that they put this at the end. Yeah. It's, like, it's one of those moments like when you shove at the end of an album because you know you're, you know, you can, you can. They went through the experience all the way up to that point now. And this one, I mean, all that stuff is for you. This try, ladies and gents, are for us. Yeah, this, this this is one that we can be proud of. You know, yes. this isn't what we're going to be remembered for. This is this is the seven on the album <laughs> where we're not we're not remembered for it, but it, it, yeah. we're going to be proud of it. Um, yeah. So a couple of interesting things about Tel Aviv is they actually do perform this in concert mm -hmm. occasionally. And the instrumentals play usually quite well. It gives the, the singer an opportunity to fuck off stage, um, which, trust me, all singers like to do. <laughs> yeah, it gets more cocaine and a blowjob before hitting mm -hmm. the, the... You, know, you come back on for the encore. You know? Right. It's, it's, it's usually a good way to segue between things. You have a little instrument. That's why you get, like, drum solos and rock concerts. Or get, like, everyone gets their moment. This is the point here where the band get their moment minus mm -hmm. Lebon, who is the focal point for most of like a front man is he front man that's what people pay attention to they follow his instructions they sing along with him when he's off the stage you've got the band so yeah um yeah it yeah it, and it, you know we both agree it's kind of fine yeah you know it like it's an interesting way to end the record and i think that your point of the the front or the the first side of this album like again going back in time when this was on vinyl yeah. and and you flipped over the record and mm -hmm. the first side of this record is all the pop jams the second side of this record is where they're like hey how about you smoke a bowl and you just chill with <laughs> us for a little while have you tried acid You're right how <laughs> do you, you feel about to? drugs <laughs> yeah yeah, it's just a, it's a little bit off the beaten track. It's a yeah. bit off piece. It has it has a kind of a kind of we've said it before. It has a kind of proggy feel to it, which is fine. But a lot of this will be beaten out of the band by the time they release their next album. A lot of this shit's not going to happen again. It's not going to resurface. There are elements for sure, but to be as kind of essentially going from a night boat to a cinder thunder to a Tel Aviv, you ain't going to be getting that. Um, yeah. There'll be pop songs and bangers in there in place. So, yeah. yeah. So, but I, I really, I really enjoy doing this. Mm -hmm. This was a lot of fun because both because I love Duran Duran and in, in it's an excuse to hang out and talk to you about Duran Duran, mm -hmm. uh, which is never a bad thing. But, uh, but also because it, it, you know, I think actually forcing yourself to, to sort of take stock of a record like this song by song yeah, uh, kind of creates a weird intimacy with the records that I really like where it's like after doing this show, there will never be a time. I don't think of doing this show when I think of, <laughs> you know, yeah, is there something the I should know? I've, yeah. I've got a weird, there's a, there's a weird thing about me. So like, I've always been, um, I, I don't like listening to songs in isolation. It's one of the reasons I don't like listening to radio. Mm -hmm. Um, like I'm very much an album person. So if I go to listen to a song, I'll listen to the entire album. Um, and I sometimes feel 
the like like with bands like Duran Duran, it's very easy just to shove on the greatest hits and listen to all the greatest hits and get all your songs. But to get the personality of the band, you have to listen to the whole albums and even starting from here, this is a like a such a departure um from what they will sound like in the in the coming albums. Yeah. Um but all the all the all the building blocks are there. It's just they need they need some money, they need a good producer, need some time to craft some better songs, and they need to have a little bit of success, which they do off the back of this, which is like, oh, well, this song's really... Girls on Film, really successful song. You know what we need to do? We need to write more songs like Girls on Film. So, and that's what they do. And that yeah. you find that, like the band they tailor their, their sound to their fans as opposed to being the other way around. Um so yeah, you have to kind of go through that experience. So it's been, I, well, I purposely didn't listen to this before, and it's been years since I listened to this album. So I purposely didn't listen to this before we, we recorded tonight. I'm so glad that we did because there were moments there, specifically on the night boat where I'm like that. I can't remember this being like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> it, like I said, I listened to it a bunch recently Yeah, and it was, it. it's really interesting because it feels like no other band could have put this out but Duran Duran, but it also yep. doesn't really feel like Duran Duran. It doesn't like because yeah, because the Duran Duran that most people know are about to. Hit. Yeah, and uh, we have but one season of Slasher between us and the next time we talk about a Duran Duran record. We have 16 weeks until yeah. we'll be back to talk about Duran Duran, but it will be worth it, but, ladies and gents. But their second record is Seven and the Ragged Tiger. I know. Oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah. Like the, the next, yeah. That, well, like, trust yeah. me, we're coming out swinging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, like, you know, again, listening uh, to If There's Something I Should Know mm-hmm. um, over and over again recently, which I did. That yeah. song fucking rules. If there well, yeah, is no other in the, in the UK, that was on Seven and the Ragged Tiger. So, yeah. like you guys got on that album, but it wasn't officially released. Probably what released as a single is the run up to Seven and the Ragged Tiger. But yeah. that's, that's on this album over here. So, um, so yeah, it's it's bitching. So. That's a great song, and there's more of that to come. And also, uh, in in two weeks' time, um, we'll be back to. <laughs> begin slasher season two uh save our souls but we don't know like i haven't watched this yet so i don't know if if it's better or worse. It's worse i've heard I've that heard too and I can't, I can't imagine i, I that doesn't like, sound right like at the, at the end of slasher season one i didn't know there was a level below that um so and i think we'll find there is <laughs> at the end of uh season two episode one Duncan grabs his shoulder. Ah! <laughs> Can you imagine being in a position where you get like a couple episodes into season two and you pine for season one? <sighs> that could be us. We could like, remember it, the right. old days of bad Irish accents and condom wearing killers. Um, I mean, we, we could go back there. I'm, I'm very- just hoping for as many unresolved plots and throwaway characters as possible. That's all I want. Right. I, as long as we get uh, the equivalent of like a, a Brenda and a Chief Brimley, we just need that's all we need to get a by as pirate, a show. A lawyer pirate came in for all of the- 30 seconds in that show and stole my heart. Both. He stole my fucking heart. I don't know if you listened to it, but that naturally was the, the opening tag on the audio version oh, yeah. of the episode. Yeah. I assure you, I'm a lawyer. The, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat, George. I'm not a cat. I'm a. I'm a human man who's gone. Who's gone to law school and is not a cat. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, uh, thanks for hanging out for this special episode of Duncan mm-hmm. and Bo. Come correct, uh, Duncan. Anything that you would like to add before we wrap her up here? Uh, just check out Opera Omnia. It's just launched a brand new episode featuring myself and the fantastic Borans. Though we're continuing our jaunt through the the David Fincher back catalogue, making a stop at movie number four, a little movie called Fight Club, and that was a ton of fun to discuss. It's a really really good episode. So it's available now. Um, you can listen to all my stuff under T Putts Cast T P U T S C A S T dot com.
Um, you find all the shows there, Podcast Under the Stairs, Upper Omnia, Doing the Nasty, Chronicle, Where to Begin With, and Jaws is Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts. I, You know, I, I can't make fun of you for the number of shows you do. I mean, you can. I can, but it's a bit hypocritical. <laughs> so you can find me at Pick 6 Movies, Duck It Won't Come Correct, Hero Hero Go Show, and uh, you run the entire network. And, you run an entire network. And le- yeah, and the the legionpodcast.com network. Uh where which is uh we we've been trying to kind of make more out of the uh the Patreon offerings, not just because this being on Patreon if you're if that's where you're watching it is just to avoid copyright problems. That is not <laughs> We are not trying to seduce you into into the Patreon or nothing, but uh, some of the the video stuff we're doing um, is fun. And also, there's going to be a uh, a Patreon exclusive review show um, with uh, Court and and Ricky doing a monthly like jibber jaw about a movie. Mm-hmm. So that sounds real dumb. And, and <laughs> when I say real dumb, I mean that in the best possible way so Mm -hmm. anyway but yeah so you can check out all that stuff for me and as always there is 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 nothing left in in the show for me to do but to say say good night duncan good night duncan night boat (laughs) good night boat (laughs) oh that's so dumb all right